Welcome to another episode of Unleashing the Future of Work with Tim Salau, a guide podcast. And I want to hope and ask that you all are staying home and healthy this lovely Friday afternoon. And if you're tuning in from home, please show some love in the comments. We would love to shout you out and ask you where you're tuning in from. With that said, today I have an awesome, awesome guest. You know, he's someone that I've known for quite some time. He's 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 literally my brother, um, and you know, not by blood, blood, but by bond. And more importantly, he's our CTO at at and to bond's purpose. His why is to impact the world through technology, innovation, and global scale, and create sustainable solutions that serve humanity. He is the CTO and co-founder of Guy, the bite-sized skills training platform helping distributed teams and 7 million remote workers learn anytime, anywhere, on demand. He's a Sudanese refugee, an accomplished global technology and product leader, and a world-renowned public speaker. He has been recognized by and his work with eBay, The Daily Records, Mogul Millennial, a global cup publication for success- successful minorities in technology and business, and CTO Connect, a global network of chief technology officers who are building innovative solutions across multiple industries. As a CTO and co-founder of Guide, he leads a distributed organization reimagining workforce skills training and development and serving underserved communities through education and technology access to build an equitable workforce and education system. Taban is ruthlessly devoted to creating opportunities for the next generation of innovators and creators who are underrepresented. His mission in life is to invest in people who want to change the world through technology and innovation. And today we're going to be talking about just that, technology, innovation, and even like the the, the, the struggle that is entrepreneurship. For the last you know year now, Devon and I, we've been building a awesome company that's re- received rave reviews guide, and we're actively still building. So I'm going to talk to him about what's the process of entrepreneurship, right? Like of coming from an idea to building that prototype and even fundraising and all of that. And more importantly, you know, technology, what's going on in technology right now across a multiple emerging areas, you know, what's his vision for the future of tech and how COVID-19 is going to impact technology and behavior. So we're really going to have an awesome chit chat about that. And without further ado, I would love to have Taban on the show. Taban, what's up, man? Hey, Tim, thank you for having me. <laughs> Dude, thank I'm you for so finding delighted. out. I'm so delighted. <laughs> How are you doing, man? You know, I'm holding up. It's uh, It's been a crazy um, quarantine, uh, say, event. Yeah. And um, I think for those that have uh, taken advantage of it, you know, they will definitely emerge in the other end of the, uh, uh, at the end of the, uh, what do you call the, the quarantine and be able to do something. And if you have not, it's probably time to figure out what next you want to do. Yeah, yeah, no, no, seriously. I, I think I think this has been like a, 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 a great time for a lot of people to kind of like reflect on like, what's next, right? Like, you know, Absolutely. millions of people have been like stuck at home, you know, due to a public health crisis. But more importantly, you know, it's I think a, a lot of people have been asking themselves, you know, what's next for me, right? Like, this is the time to really build something that you care about. But, you know, be, be, uh, before we even get into what's going on with COVID-19 and, you know, what the future look like looks like, I would love for you to kind of share a little bit about your background, man. And, you know, how you got passionate about technology and, you know, how you how you became a CTO. Yeah. Uh, thank, <laughs> thank you, Tim. It's lovely always working with you and talking to you, man. Um, so I'm going to get started from uh, the time when uh, I grew up as a refugee uh, in Kenya. And, um, 
you know, everyone um, or most people had really uh, no way to see the future. Like everybody is just living for the day and trying to feed themselves. Mm. And I've internalized that one in a different way. As opposed to like being depressed or thinking about, you know, what my future could be as a teen, as a teen I've taken that and manufactured it into uh, creating like a diverse skills of things that I could learn. Because I know that you can learn anything in this world, right? As long as you have the passion, the the perseverance and the mindset. And so um, growing up there, I found myself doing a lot of those tinkering and, and building things and testing with friends and basically just hanging out with people that knew how to do things better than I did so yeah. that I can like observe the, uh, what do you call the knowledge base um, and make it my own and add more creativity on top of it. And so, and so uh, eventually I just found myself being a little bit more technical than most of the people that I hang out with when we start uh, things together. And they find that valuable because I find them also more valuable as well because mm. we balance each other. So like you and I, right? I'm a techie, uh, you're a community leader, builder, yeah. um, and also a product person. You productize, you know, uh, <laughs> brand, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That is giving me sort of like that freedom to be able to mm. uh, innovate, but at the same time also connecting with the real people that know how to connect. Yeah, and you know, I love it. I love you know because you and I, you know, we've been we've been on this journey for quite some time, and we're like yin and yang. And I think you're you're speaking to the point of like how it's important when you're when you're building anything to find someone that has complementary skills, right? So you and I both share a passion for technology. We like obsessed about tech. We're oh, we love it. We we can both get technically giddy, right? But at the same time, there's skill sets I have in design and product that complement your skill sets and scale and infrastructure. You know, for you, because you know you you've always been this very entrepreneurial person. You know, when did you realize that you were always passionate about kind of like tinkering and building things, man? Um, long story short. Uh, although once I publish the book, then all of you might read. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, long story short, I remember. I think I probably shared this with you, but I want the viewers to also hear this. Uh, when I was about close to the age of seven, I was wanting to play with toys, and I find myself going to friends asking to give me their toys to play with, right? And so there's inconvenience there. So I'm taking their toy, they're waiting for me to play with it, and then I'm giving them back. And it got, me to a point, it got me to a point where I feel like I probably need to be able to build my own things, you know? Like, I can't just go yeah. ask people, like, hey, give me this, let me go do it. Um, so the moment I started, like, building things, I realized that I could build things. But then when mm. I realized that I, I could build things, there was something in me that uh, appealed to other people, the way I communicate my my ideas to them or the way I communicate my product to them. They want what I have. And so from there, I was like, hmm, I'm going to start selling what I build. So from wanting to borrow to like want, now knowing how to build to people wanting my stuff, now I can sell my things. And mm. I'm really going to attribute this one to my parents because I would say that my mom especially was a, a true, I would say, entrepreneur. She spoke wow. a little English, but she was able to do so many variety of skills that I today mm. look back, she was more advanced than so many things that I've seen today, right? Yeah. And so 
Um, I've taken that one, I think, from the family. And I think all my entire family are entrepreneurs. Because every time I talk to my siblings, everybody wants to start a business. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know they're doing, everyone is doing well. But uh, yeah. so that's how I kind of like led myself into this entrepreneur, entrepreneurship journey. Uh, then I went on uh, to start my own like blacksmith building, uh, what are called, uh, ovens, chimneys. Wow. Um, I went to barber, you know, like cutting hair. It just was fun. Photography, taking pictures wow. of people, elements, views, all this kind of stuff. And then I found myself. Dude, you're, like, you're like a Basquiat. You're like a technological Basquiat, man. You're super creative. You know, yeah. that's one of the things I love about you as a, you know, as, as your co-founder. It's like, you know, you, 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 you understand how to look across different disciplines. And I think it really lends to your creativity. And a lot of the, what a lot of people don't often realize about engineering is that it's a creative art too, wow. man. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's it's a craft, right? Yeah, and it's definitely craft. You, you, here's the thing: like, you can't build a solution without knowing what the product looks like. Like, mm. you know, you can be thinking the complex sense of the um, the complex sense of how the code is going to be efficient and all this kind of yeah. stuff, but you would miss the point um, in regards to what the customer is going to be viewing because they need to see mm. what they're seeing. If you're not seeing what you're seeing, then they will not see what you're talking. Mm. About. And so. Yeah. It is that perspective. And so I, like you, we love designs. And I spend, I, I think actually, I don't know how much, probably over 10,000 hours. Hours. Yeah. <laughs> I, look, I look at designs. The reason I look at designs is that it's not that I want to be like the best designer. It's just that mm. I want to, uh, I have this, I want to have like assimilated myself with designers and understand mm. the creative process, right? As mm. I have my own creative process to build products, I want to know what these products are going to end up looking like. How does it feel? Does this, is this something that I, I'm going to be enticed to come back and look at it again? And so those are the processes. Mm, yeah, no, that's powerful. So I want to show some love to our amazing community that's viewing. Shout out to Winifred. Hello, Tim, my night job brother. Hey, Winifred. Shout out to Lizzie from Seattle. Heck yeah, go guy. Thank you, Lizzie, for all of the love. Shout out to Tim. What's up, Tim? What an incredible intro. Let's hear it for Tavon. Yeah, he is pretty awesome, right? Shout out to Winifred. So it is so inspiring to see immigrants who are entrepreneurs. I've been encouraging my son, J.R. Eri, section leader in Stanford University, to begin the journey of entrepreneurship. Winifred, shout out to you for encouraging your son. I think everyone should pursue a little bit of their entrepreneurial ambitions. And, you know, Tavon and I, you know, as immigrants, we we know that we have the opportunity, we have the skill set to do so. So shout out to you and Fred for inspiring your son to do that. You know, so let me let me talk with you, Tavon, you know, because there's a lot going on right now in the tech space, right? And, you know, you, you did you initially go to school to, to pursue or kind of like, you know, to figure out, okay, what is it that I wanted to do? Uh, so... Um, okay, so as I told you my story, I was tinkering with like electronics. I didn't get to finish that part. But when I was a kid, people knew what I was going to be. Like it was, yeah. it was interesting that today when I talk to them, they're like, yeah, we knew when you were a kid, you were going to do this stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, um, I would say that when I was going to college, it was not more of like what I wanted to do with my college degree or what I wanted to achieve when I go to college or after college, it was more like, I know what I want to do. I want to build things, but I want to increase, uh, increase my sophistication level to the next, you know, right. Mm. Like here, but you want to understand things in this level of complexity and mm. going to college for me was one, I was thinking, okay, I could try entrepreneurship like business and understand how business works. So mm. I took classes and uh, I found it very redundant. 
Then I did, um, no, business is great. It's, studying it is great. Uh, doing it is great, but studying it is hard. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, man. The best, I feel as if the best way to learn about business is to build a business. That is my, exactly. I literally love that. I literally love that absolutely. theory. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, I found myself um, uh, trying to be a, um, uh, a mechanical engineer or thinking of sort of like becoming a mechanical engineer. So after taking physics and computer science classes, I thought, let's revisit that idea of electronics. So it was physical. Yeah. Now there's something called soft, you know, yeah. software. And so as soon as I understood that, and plus, I mean, like, who didn't, who doesn't know about Bill Gates? I, as yeah. a kid growing up in Africa, like, hey, Bill Gates came to Kenya like the other week and nobody knows who was. <laughs> so, and then I find myself uh, 20, 20 minutes away from where he lives. I'm like, this is, this is incredible. Not that yeah. we know each other though, but just FYI. Uh, we don't know each other. <laughs> but um, I found myself, uh, while I was in college, um, wanting to study computer science and not only just computer science, but I wanted a practical uh, practical experience that can actually get me uh, to the sophistication level I can build things. I did not know that I needed to spend time to like read all this stuff. And then, it, like, uh, fast forward, um, college has been great. I went to Central Washington University. Um, I have met the most incredible people, and that's where I found myself studying um uh, computer science with people, uh, experimenting on ideas, uh, building things. While I was at college, I built uh, a search, uh, what do you call search engine for roommates. Wow. Um, that didn't end up going anywhere. And I ended up working, uh, building something called What's on Plate. It's supposedly a way for you to painlessly order food, which today, that was, I'm talking about like, I'm talking about like eight years ago. <laughs> people don't know what I'm talking about. Like eight years before even this thing became a thing today, right? Yeah. People now are like, oh, I'm going to use Uber for ordering. Like, this is what we've already thought about before even Uber became what it is today. Um, <laughs> existed. Before it existed, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so uh, my love for uh, for engineering and and, and, and learning uh, basically stemmed from there. But I already knew what I, what I wanted to do. It's just that the timing was a little bit off. Like, I keep changing from here to there until I was like, yeah. this, is, this is what I knew I used to do very well since I was a kid, and this is what I'm going to do. Man, it's you know I think it's powerful that you had that conviction early on, you know, as a as a kid. But you could because you were reading what you were interested in, right? And yeah. even for me, you know, similar to you, you and I are very similar in a sense of like we're passionate about what we do. It's a craft for us. It's just not like oh, like we're building something. It's we're building something, and we want it to be quality, but we also want to have fun doing it. Enjoy I think, it. Yeah, you you gotta enjoy it. And I think you know a lot of you know there's a lot of you know. Uh, you know, young people right now, or there's a there's a lot of people who don't necessarily know what their craft is. And you know, one of the things I always tell people is that, like, look, like your craft is whatever you're passionate about, whatever you're putting your purpose into. So I want to ask you something, man. Like, with everything going on in technology right now, right? Because you know, we're build, building guy, which is a SaaS platform for bite sized skills training. You know, what are you excited about in technology right now? What's kind of like really tickling your fancy in a way? <laughs> That's a very good question. Uh, I have a lot of things that I'm actually thinking about. Um, one, in terms of sustainability, uh, mm. agriculture, food, and logistics. And then I'm thinking about, of course, e-learning. But at this at this point in time, I think, uh, oh, after the, the quarantine, um, I think that learning... So I, I was talking... Okay, I'll just cut it up a little bit. I, I didn't get the little story here. I was talking to somebody, I was speaking with somebody 
in uh, in I think Uganda, and I asked him what is what is it like being in university there, and um, he basically said that school is shut, nobody does anything, professors are just waiting until school is open, and I'm thinking, yeah. I on the other side is trying to figure out okay. I think the future of learning is going to be people are going to spend more time on the devices, but not only devices, but there's going to be a way where um, learning becomes tangible, where mm. you use AR and VR to explain and experiment with things, right? Mm. Some concepts are explainable using objects, right? Yeah. You'll find a teacher on the other side explaining things by holding things, and students are feeling like they're interacting with the teacher. That is the type of learning that I think is going to happen very soon, right? And uh, that's happening actually as as we're speaking right now. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, and then in terms of like sustainability and agriculture, I think that uh, big big conglomerates have taken over the world in terms of like agriculture, and uh, it is killing individual entrepreneurship of sole proprietors and all this kind yeah. of stuff. Right? It's killing that. This my, micro micro agriculture is better for sustainability. If everyone can have a piece of land to be able to cultivate using, um, uh, what do you call this uh, thing? Um, I can't remember it, but yeah. uh, greenhouse, greenhouse, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> greenhouse. But also more effectively, how do you get those? Mm. Uh, how do you get those farmers involved in the day to day market and trading of their goods with their immediate uh, what do you call consumers? I think that one needs to change. The way it is right now, it's so like heavy and mm. it's, uh, it's not cost effective in terms of how things are being delivered. So those are the two things I'm really looking into, um, learning and sustainable uh, what do you call agriculture. I love it. I love it, man. So shout out to Winifred. She's asking, Taban, how do you encourage teenagers and young adults to pursue entrepreneurship? How do I? So... Aside from just even us building guide, we have uh, teamed with a um, an HR from um, from Nigeria in London to build a uh, a coding or sort of like a program for for mm. kids. the uh, The best way to really encourage somebody is when they're young, right? Yeah. Um, the younger they are, when you uh, when you expose them to more materials that are um, involved with not directly but indirectly, you know, creating things and just owning their their uh, owning their passion and owning their what do you call it, their craft um mm. the kids as they grow they will find that they're actually good at something that they can actually monetize it at the end of the day you can be so good at painting but if you're not monetizing a painting um you will have to work a job that you don't like so yeah. we need to start to embrace this idea like what do you really want to do as yeah. the kid that let them say i don't know that's a good that's a better answer than um, I'm still wondering, right? Like, yeah. like, I don't really know, but tomorrow I can figure it out. So yeah. um, my sibling or my little sister, um, the other day I was talking to her, she, because she sees what I do. So I'm sort of like a role model for her in many ways. Um, but also at the same time, when I asked her, what do you want to do? Do you want to do computer science? Do you want to do design? Do you want to do this? Um, one day she just like, hey, I'm trying to do a project. I was like, what is the project based on? I want to build a facial recognition software. That came from nowhere, right? So I that's tried huge. To, <laughs> that's huge. That's, that's, like, a, that's, I, a, that's not an easy project. <laughs> that's not a tiny project. And I asked her yeah. why. So here's 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 the punchline. I asked her why. Why didn't you choose something simple? This is what she told me. She What's said, 
simple things are boring. If wow. you do harder things, you'll find yourself going places by figuring out what that hard problem is. Because at wow. the end of the day, simple things can be done in a couple of hours, a couple of days. Harder yeah. things take years. And that's how you accumulate your learning. So doing harder things are way better because it pays more. The knowledge that you accumulate over time is going to be hmm. huge because you're always const uh, constantly pushed to the limits. And you, you sometimes you might even think like, I want to drop this project, right? And so you want to put people in that type of situation. I don't know if this is the best way to really uh, encourage somebody to do something. Mm. But to me, I think from just learning from what she was trying to do, it kind of gave me the same type of vibe that I always strive to do things that are more complex. I talk to my uncle about it and they'll say, Taban, this is not doable. This will take years, 10 years. And I'm like, okay, be it. You know, 10 years, good. In 10 years, I would have learned more about what I'm trying to do. I'll become a subject expert. Right. So uh, we want to be able to like enforce that type yeah. of um, our culture you know, on, on our kids. Nah, dude, that's so powerful, man. And I love that you say that because I think, you know, with even with what we're building with the guy, you know, we're trying to solve a problem. Like uh, it, we're trying to address the skills gap, not only, you know, in the enterprise, but also that we see in the education in education space. And, you know, we together came up with the solution and shout out to our former co-founder, Mike, who, you know, you who helped us found guide. And, you know, it's 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 I think it's it's one of these hard problems that we want to solve. Right. And, you know, you know, for you and I, it's not just, a, you know, you'll solve it in a year or you'll solve it in two years. You know, it's going to be a journey, but you have to commit to it. And shout yeah. out to the lovely Mona Leigh, who's tuning in right now. And Winifred, hey, who's hey, saying, hey. that is called project based learning. We do that in STEM and robotics clubs currently. I love that. Project-based learning is powerful, but you, you got you have to find you have to pick those opportunities, those projects that really are almost to a degree like a, a learning venture, right? A learning yeah, venture, right? That will allow you to grow with it, and more importantly, that you'll be able to you know see the problem get solved. And I think you know for 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 you, you know, it, it, I think I, I want to ask you, you know, why are you so passionate about education, man? Because I know for me. You know, my parents, you know, they, they came to the United States because they wanted to give my sisters and I, you know, better access to an educational opportunity, you know, because being in Nigeria, you didn't have access to a lot of different educational resources. And my dad, he always realized that, look, you know, if you're going to be as smart as we want you to be, we want you to come to America. So for me, I've always been passionate about education due to that. So, yeah, um, look, I'm going to piggyback from that. Um even growing, uh, growing up in a refugee camp in Kenya, uh, yeah. if you don't know where that is, it's in East Africa, people, um, is that um, I've always spent the time in the library, right? Yeah. I could gather as many books as I want from the library, but there's not really enough book for me to gather, right? <laughs> the supplies are not really meeting the demand of this one young man, right? Yeah. Um, that has really, like, in many ways, uh, changed my perspective in terms of like how things are done, how you change your culture, how you how you drive uh, what it called innovation forward, and how you think forward. Education is probably the only pillar that would allow you to um, to uh, to to harness this uh, what it called this this I would say um, this uh, vaporized ideas or, or knowledge mm. that is in there. Right? How do you bring them all together? So. I found myself really interested in, in in making it easier for people to access information, right? The reason why we're building that is accessibility. I mm. want to access 
contents on my fingertip. I want to access contents that can 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 put a spin in my head where mm. I'm, I will be thinking about a particular subject the whole day and that might give me a push to want to explore more of what yeah. I just learned. That evokes curiosity. Absolutely, evokes the curiosity. Yeah. And if you're serious, you would be very curious, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so that is that's that's how I sort of like find myself in the education space. But more importantly, I think um, there were things that I wanted to learn uh, back then. Like I wanted to learn how to be a good typer. I needed to learn uh, like just entrepreneurship. Like I want to learn how to build things in a larger yeah. scale. I was not able to find those con those contents. So every business of every businesses that I had to me was more like. It's like a toy, not something that I, I, I can see grow somewhere. But mm -hmm. I saw some of my friends, even back in the camp, were able to do something uh, incredible, mm -hmm. right? And so the education part of it was the only thing that was missing. If I had that mm -hmm. education part where I had resources on my disposal, I'll be able to explore things. You don't really need to be in class to learn to be a good software engineer or to be a good uh, product person. You just need mm -hmm. to play with the, um, with the idea of what you're trying to build and research more. Uh, one of my favorite shows is Shark Tank. It's really amazing. Like I've watched that thing for like <laughs> two years or more, and I never get bored of it because I'm always learning something from it. If there was a show like Shark Tank where I grew up, I would have turned some ideas into millions, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, there's really no question. There's no questioning that. Like I already know, right? Yeah. And so education is really important. And so my entire family, my siblings, um, I tell them, look, forget about me. Like I, maybe one day I'll go do a PhD. I don't really know, but my goal is I want to be able to create this bite-sized content that people have in their pocket. But the, at the, at the, but um, at the same time, like you said earlier, to spark their curiosity uh, that they can actually go into wanting uh, to to do something more with what they learned from what we provided them. So we want to we want to have tools. Let education yeah. be a tool that allows you to succeed. Yeah. It's true, man. I love it. I love it. So shout out to Miata, who's saying, thank you for sharing your story to Bon Cosmos. I love that your mother's a big entrepreneurial influence. I totally resonate with that. My grandmother completely transformed her village in McKinney, Sierra Leone, by building businesses and teaching skills to equip her community to create sustainable businesses too, right? I actually spoke at China's best engineering university, Singhua, Singwa, I think, where I talked about my grandmother and why young African entrepreneurship is engineering a bright future. I love what engineers can build, and my MBA program was full of ex-engineers who I'm who I learned so much from regarding problem solving and critical thinking in business too. Shout out to Yada, I love that. That is so powerful. Monale is tuning in. She's saying, I think it's important to know that entrepreneurship isn't for everyone. Some people will find success in a nine-to-five job. However, even with a corp within a corporate setting, you can run your career with an entrepreneur mindset. Focus on personal branding, project-based learning that solves business problems, maybe even side hustles. Entrepreneurship shouldn't always mean starting a business. This is true. This is true. Oh, that's absolutely true. I'll talk about that later. <laughs> this is I true. Absolutely good points on that. I love it. I really love that she brought that up. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And I think often when people think of entrepreneurship, they always think about, oh, I have to start a business, right? Mm -hmm. Entre entrepreneurship is really just making something happen, creating value. Uh, you know, for some, it's maybe starting a business, but others, it could just be starting a program, 
or it could be building your personal brand and having a side hustle, right? And I think often, you know, one of the things that I, 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 I hate about toxic entrepreneurship is this idea that everyone has to quit their job to build something, which isn't true. Even when we started Guide, we were both fully employed. Yep. <laughs> we were both fully employed. We yeah, loved it. It was yep. cool. <laughs> yep, that's true. That's true. I agree. <laughs> right? It was cool. But then, you know, we we had to we had to we had to start it coming in full time because we were we were investing more time and, and we're in it full time now. But it's like it you don't necessarily you shouldn't be this that entrepreneur where you say, oh, I want to start something. The first thing I do is to quit my job. It's, you know, for, for me and, and you both, like, we've both been entrepreneurial and entrepreneurial. And, you know, with Guy being a venture, it's something yeah. that we have to invest our time into. And, you know, Monolay makes a great point with that. If you're if you want to start something right now and, you know, you want to feel safe and secure in doing it, maybe keep that job and start as a side hustle and see what it can grow into. Yeah. No, actually, that's a really good point. Um, uh, I like the I like the fact that you mentioned also what it called personal branding. Yeah. Um, we will have this conversation sometime soon. But uh, I was talking. This, I was having a conversation with this one particular friend. His name is Jonathan, which I want you to meet him, by the way. Um, we're talking about personal branding. We're talking about um, how, as a worker or as an employee for a company, how do you carry yourself within that company? Mm. Like the things that you say, the ideas that you invoke, those are things that people will take very seriously, right? So. If you if you're not taking yourself seriously, people will not take you very seriously, right? Mm -hmm. If you um, and this stems the idea of like, okay, I'm, being an entrepreneur is um, having this ability to 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 confront not confront but to like bring forward the things that you feel like the company needs, right? Yeah. Or uh, something that you feel like you need to do it, right? Entrepreneurship is about like needing to do something. It's not about wanting, yeah. something, right? Yeah. And and that that conviction we all have that like at our work right we see something wrong or we see something off a little we see something that could be improved we say we want to add value to you. we want to change it we want to do this you find yourself in that uh, what do you call it? in that circle solving that problem and that is that initiative that you took as an entrepreneur because you, you wanted to do, not wanted but you needed to solve that problem so you found yourself um, offering your ideas to solve that problem. And entrepreneurship is about inspiring um, that idea. So if you can't build it, inspire it so that people can build it. That is yeah. right. That's so, so true. That's so true, yeah. man. Yeah, Dude, that's powerful. You know, and I because I've worked in you know corporate before, and I think I one of the things, one of the reasons what, especially as an organization grows, and you know me, I love organizational design. I talk about that. Yeah, stuff like day, man. And it like, and even with how we're we're designing guide, you know, one of the things I I, I constantly think about is like, how do we keep that entre entrepreneurial energy alive long term? You know, mm -hmm. as we'll grow, but more importantly, when I've been in large organizations before, it's almost as if like. Like, meet leaders who are driving that entrepreneurial energy. And that's why I'm like so big on always telling people like and telling other leaders like you need to have a leadership framework within your organization because Absolutely. leaders are going to be the ones that foster culture, you know. And you know, I, I I'm so I'm completely aligned with you because I think it's it's the energy, it's the the need to want to build something and address a problem. And if you don't feel as if you're working in an environment where you you even feel like a need to be there, then that's a problem because you won't feel as if you want to take proactive action on things. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. You know, that's a good point. I like it. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I like it a lot. So, so, you know, so talk to me, man, you know, post COVID-19, 
you know, like there's a there's a there's a lot of hot technology out coming out right now. I've been keeping track uh, of uh, uh, mobile and 5G computing and cloud computing. You know, for anyone right now that wants to get into tech, what are two th- what are one two to three things that you advise them to do to get into this field? And before you before you uh, uh, answer that question, Wanale says entrepreneurship is creating something and adding value. I love that definition, Tim. Wanale, thank you. We love you. It, it, it Ibeli, I hope I'm saying that right. It's saying great one here, guys. Entrepreneurship in Nigeria is overrated. Many people are into into it for the money, not to solve a problem. How do you identify a true entrepreneur, Taban? How do you? How would you? Oh how would you? Actually- yeah. <laughs> okay. A true entrepreneur researches and um, eloquently says or explains the problem they're trying to solve without even mentioning money. that's powerful anyone that knows me from when i started doing things i never bring money up i talk about what i'm trying to create i'm I'm talking about what i'm solving so Mm. if you find somebody that is talking about uh i want to do this because i can make x amount of money that's a different type of entrepreneurship that is a a material-based entrepreneur not impact-based material uh, what do you call entrepreneur right Mm. you have to basically di- differentiate that. Like what really is driving them to solve those problems? There's yeah. got to be a story behind it, right? Um, but not everything has to have a story as, as well. So that's that's one thing that people need to know. Like you can wake up in the morning and just like want to build this thing because you just got inspired last morning uh, with no any sort of like correlation or connections or relations to anything. Yeah. Right? So the enthuses, uh, that word, man, it just it kills me. someone who's enthusiastic in building something you can tell by how they speak about that problem they're trying to solve right if they're not you will definitely tell they will be disingenuous so yeah it's true it's true that you know it's funny because i think that you know early on in in any startup it's really sweat equity right and effort and especially you know with the the fundraising process you know making sure that you even find values aligned investors Right, yeah. who understand the vision and understand what what you're trying to build, and you know the mistakes that many entrepreneurs make is that they think that they're only prioritizing they're prioritizing the cash, right, the investment over the impact, right, and even making sure that they're it's it, they're building something based on foundational and principled um ground. And you know, for for us, we've been very intentional in everything that we've been doing. And you know, what I love about what you're saying is that like you know, there's 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 a there's a certain there's one I always tell people there's a difference between innovators and entrepreneurs. Innovators yeah. scale things, entrepreneurs start things, but you can also be both, right? If you yeah. if you if you can be a founder and an operator. And I think that, you know, with where we're at now as a society, there's this huge opportunity for more values aligned or values driven entrepreneurs who are looking to build something that impacts the world you know and we can even talk to what's going on in healthcare right now and all of the different you know innovations that we've been paying attention to right there's so many opportunities to solve a problem in healthcare right now yes telemed i think telemed is going to be huge um (laughs) yeah telemed has um i have a few uh what do you call interest in that (laughs) so I've been, because I worked at GE, so I've already seen how things are done in healthcare. Uh, well, not in like details, but I've seen the the high uh, the high level. Um, I think Kelman is going to be huge because right now you can't visit doctors. So your doctors have to be able to video chat with you, vid Zoom or another solution that is only privately done. 
that's HIPAA compliant, GDPR compliant, and all those other compliances, uh, so that you know nothing happens in that transaction that's happened between you and the doctors, um, because people can hack those video systems, right? Wow. Um, I think that's 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 huge. Um, I think the other one. Uh, now I'll talk about that later. It's still not a well formulated idea, but I think there's uh, there's movement in so many other things, so many areas. Um, but yeah, man, I, I don't know. Uh, so what was the other question that you asked? I'm not have to like <laughs> ask you that because um, I'm running out of ideas to share about what I was thinking about. So I need <laughs> to somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, so you mentioned healthcare. I think healthcare is huge. And you know, I, I was just mentioning how you know I think there's a multiple sectors that you know people entrepreneurs can build things in right now. Shots to Rotimi, who's viewing in and tuning in from London. What's up, man? But yeah, I think you have a point, man. And I would love for you to talk a little bit more about Cosmos Innovation, man. You know, yeah. which is which is your 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 dynamic business, and you know where you're building solutions across various disciplines. Yes. So, uh, so Cosmos Innovation, so I felt the need. So while building Guide, I felt the need that I needed a small entity that is a playground for me, right? A playground where I can test things, where I can um, um, interact with uh, the, the real world in terms of like technology and, and all this kind of stuff and the leaders that are doing things. But the idea behind um, Cosmos Innovation is just basically designing the future using technology and creating impact. Um, my projects currently uh, range from uh, sustainability, um, fintech, uh, creating global mobile banking system solutions uh, to uh, what do you call uh, kids coding, um, and then to what do you call um, healthcare, creating a safe way to transfer files between uh, hospitals using blockchain and a little bit of AI in there. Um, and also, I'm also ex uh, experimenting a little bit with, um, uh, what is it, with logistics. Mm. Um, yeah, so logistics. And then the last one that I don't want to forget is uh, uh, quantum computing research and uh, machine learning POCs. So wow. people that want a solution that can be built for them so they can try the ideas out before they sort of, let's say, raise money uh, uh, from investors or uh, even show the solution to a particular big company who wanted to implement that because they don't have the, the bandwidth. Mm. So we'll help them design that with them. And so those are the things that I'm, uh, Cosmos Innovation is focused on. But also, like, you know, I'm big on distributed engineering. Um, <laughs> You're huge on that, man. I've been, uh, I've been exploring that for the last um, uh, seven months already. And I have connect, I've created a really good connection of trustworthy, um, um, respectful people globally. Um, and every time I talk to them, it just feels like a breath of air. Like we talk tech all the time. We talk products yeah. all the time. Um, it basically gives me that, um, that urge to continue to create, but also yeah. become a really good CTO at Guide because yeah. you pick all these different skills from all the places and it manifests somewhere. So that's, that's what is all about designing the future uh, through sustainability yeah. impact. 
Dude, that's huge, man. That's huge. So shout out to Jonathan who's saying, what's up, Tim? What's good, Jonathan? Thank you for tuning in. Shout out to Winifred who is saying, an entrepreneur creates a new product or service or adds to an existing product or service with the associated systems, sales, and marketing to bring it to market. And you know, that's the thing about entrepreneurship and building products. It's one thing to build a product. It's another thing to package it and sell it and make sure that you're making it commercializable. <laughs> All right? Like, and, and you fantastic. <laughs> and that's the thing like you have to be able to understand how do you package a product and one of the things I, i've always loved about product management i tell you this all the time is the fact that product isn't like people think product is one aspect of just like building the product no 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 no. product is the entire life cycle and then how do you take it to market and then more importantly how do you create a really powerful community that right. is you know that has an affinity with the product and you know for me you know with, with guy you know with every every i remember the the first time you remember the first time we met bro oh, yeah. and you showed me giraffe i was like bro giraffe is cool but we could build something better yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could that. build something I, better my heart man what's up <laughs> no, i'm just kidding <laughs> we could build, but we it took us time we had to go from like uh, we I, I mean and we were experimenting for about a year like we went from this ideation we were focused on life skills and now we have like this very very strong market opportunity based with everything that's going on we're saying okay this is it and i think a lot of people they forget about the iteration cycle right and they forget yeah. to like give themselves time and they give up too early yeah it's you you, you said it perfectly uh, i mean even what like here's the thing as an engineer i'm also a product person we're both like product people that's why we understand yeah. what product is yeah and it helps. <laughs> if you have an engineer that understands product, yeah, always gonna create the right thing, right? Um, yeah, that, that's why sometimes I tell people, even engineers, I'll, I'll tell them that it's good to read a, a little bit about products, understand how yeah. entire software works, as opposed to like building simple modules or complex mm. modules that are gonna be put together by somebody else, and you don't even know. Sometimes some people don't even interact with their own software, so you need to know what the yeah. solution. Building it gives you the ability to understand the entire system that you're building, right? And yeah. it's actually really good. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing to do that. And um, uh, so yeah, um, our you know like, I think product also in many ways are the simple features that you put into mm. AI into this huge vision. Mm. And um, I remember talking to one of my friends, and we were talking about the software that we we're building. And I said, this product is going to be a product made out of 10 products. And they're mm. like, what? This shouldn't be like one unison solution. And I was like, no, no, no. We are definitely having to um, create one specific module. So the idea stems from microservices, right? Yeah. So if we build microservices, why can we build a modular interface? So mm. it's kind of like, it kind of rhymes there, right? Like not rhymes, but it kind of like follows the same trend. Um, allows you to be able to have a team that is dedicated on particular microservices and then mm. another person that's you know dedicated on another one just the same with the features to build somebody's building the camera feature somebody's building the the um the view feature somebody's yeah. building the whatever feature and so yeah we need to take product not look at it as only a big thing we need to segment it we need to break it down Yep. Yep. Think about it from the features and the capability. And, and you know, even with, you know, how we're thinking about building our product team is as we grow is we want to make sure that people are 
focused on various different surfaces, such as the camera, then the, you know, the, the profile page. And that's how, it, and I think it's, it's a lot of education that you have to teach people, especially if they don't know product. And, you yeah. know, and, and I think I would love for you to kind of mention some of the classes that you're hosting um, for people who want to get into engineering or who want to learn different engineering based tools. Uh, so I have started this, it's a data structures and algorithms class. Um, right now I've done about 45% of the class and I have one person whom I'm experimenting with, which is absolutely great. It allows me to learn. It also allows me to learn how to teach. So, um, and I'm really passionate about teaching people. Um, so it's going to be in JavaScript. Uh, the good thing about data structures and algorithms is that not a lot of people are ever going to go to classes to learn that specific computer science, uh, what do you call mm. uh, uh, skills. Uh, the reason being that things today are fast-paced, and for you to really go to a four-year college to spend like four years <laughs> learning data structures and algorithms, <laughs> you could absolutely learn this thing in like two weeks. Well, that's a little bit of exaggeration, yeah. depending on what you think. Some people are faster learners. Some people just want to take their time. But in four months, you should be really good at uh, data structures and algorithms. And this would allow you to be able to interview with almost any other company like Google, Microsoft, whatever company that you have in mind. Mm. Uh, and the good thing is that it's a basis to which most uh, most frameworks are built. Wow. So once you understand that, if you look at any other uh, framework that is built, they use most of those concepts in there, right? So you'll find yourself as a first citizen building product right away or writing software in JavaScript or Java. You will learn it very fast because really once you have the basis, everything else is just uh, syn mm. uh, syntactic sugar. That's all what it is. Mm. So make sure you reach out to the bond if you are interested in being a part of his class. Shout out to Kenna who's tuning in. Hi, Tim, into the mind. Double T. Yes, double T in the house. Shout out to you, <laughs> Kenna. Roti Me is saying, in the Western world, no one goes into a business enterprise without wanting to make a great product or service. That is fundamental. It means that you are not a charity. You are looking to run a commercial business, which makes money. And this is so true, right? <laughs> I think, you know, the the from the start, you know, you and I wanted to build a soft, you know, a, a service-based business, a software as a service-based business. And, you know, we kind of scratched that. We experimented with a different, with a few other different business models. And now we came back to saying, okay, let's just focus on SaaS. And I think, Rotimi, what I love about what you're mentioning is the fact that honestly, software is or just service-based businesses, you know, what I love about them is that this obsession with customers, right? Mm -hmm. that you have to have, if you're building a service-based business. And more importantly, scale thinking about scale from the get-go versus Absolutely. as an afterthought right and yeah. you know SaaS based like if you're thinking about building a b2b business rotimi you know you always have to think about making sure that that b2b business complements that service-based business man and you know i have a lot of learnings that i can share with you on that rotimi but great mention yeah. you know yeah. uh, jonathan says man you're a genius bro <laughs> so shout out to jonathan who's a product designer showing love to taban you know with that said you know taban i want to ask you man you know, when, when, when it's all said and done, you know, how do you encourage our viewers to continue to stay inspired on building solutions that change the world? I there's really no one answer to that. Um, yeah. I think just use your intuition and your um, your passion towards a problem that you're trying to solve. Mm. 
And um, if you have the conviction to solve something, you really want to just, here's the thing, like solving a problem is good to think about solving a problem, but actually solving the problem is what people run away from. Wow. So if you, if you stay solving what you have initially thought about, you'll find yourself after three months actually learning more about the thing that you're trying to solve than you actually thought you knew. Wow. Definitely spend more time on it. Um, building guide has been really fun because I thought there were so many things that I knew engineering wise. And <laughs> you know the story, man. I don't have to tell you online. <laughs> no, right. We're, we learn every single day. We learn and yeah. iterate every single day. You know, and it, it, it's, 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 it, and it's been fun, right? Because I think that it, it's, it, it, we're trying to solve a problem in the space of skills gaps. And the thing yeah. is, we realize that we're building a solution that can scale to solve that problem. And I think, you know, the skills gap problem, you know, one part software, but another part is really transforming how we think about education, right? Yeah. And transforming how accessible education is and really understanding how kind of like how variable the problem is. So oftentimes people think a problem is very, very minuscule, but it's not the problem you're trying to solve. It's the scale in which you're trying to achieve within yeah. the problem. Right. Yeah. So you can, you know, so your, your, so your actual solution can actually solve the minuscule problem. And it, it, you know, it takes a different type of mind to think, think at that micro level. And you know, what I love about you, man, is that you understand scale, but the end of, at, the, at the end of the same time, you understand how to dive deep into building, you know, something tangible as well. And, and, you know, and, and one of the things that I want to encourage anyone that's trying to start a business or build software is, you know, a big part of building software is looking at the macro and then looking at the micro. Right. So being able to look at a high level depiction of what you're trying to build and then being able to like focus in on the tactical level and say, what does it look like? What does it feel like? Who are we trying to reach? Absolutely. I totally agree with you, man. Um, yeah. Let me ask you a question. Yeah, talk <laughs> to me, man. <laughs> um, what really inspires you mm. to be the product person you are and the designer you are? Like, what is the one thing if anyone was to say, yeah, I know why he does it. Because I, I already know so many things why you do it, but I yeah. just want to know one thing that I don't really know. Yeah, man. Dude, you know, I'm still a child at heart. <laughs> I'm still a child at heart. Like okay. for me, for me, building products is almost like you're building a puzzle piece, right? Yeah. So I think it's like it's literally the the inner child in me. And you know, that's one big thing for us within Guy. It's a part of our um our virtues is that like be your authentic self, but at the same time, you know, be ruthlessly curious. And for me, it's it's built when I'm building something, it's really me loving the process, right? Loving the like the fact that okay, we're trying to figure this out. No, that looks ugly. That's a horrible design. That doesn't make sense. Cut it. Like it's really understanding how do we build something together in this formulaic way that actually serves and drives value, right? So it's like yeah. it's 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 the I think for me, it's just like a a it's fun. It's actually like a, the creative process. And, you know, I think a lot of what people don't realize that when it comes to product management or even engineering, right, is that it's a process of creativity. You have to think across multiple dimensions. You have to talk with multiple people. You have to, like, take inputs from, mm -hmm. from a variety of different directions and then just simplify and say, oh, this is what we're trying to build, you know? Yeah. So I think that's it for me, man. It's, it's just me still being a kid. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, and like I say, there's no wrong or right answer for anything. Everything that yeah. makes you who you are yeah. is what you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to like create this bond with people and get to understand them more in deeper sense. Um, 
because it's easy for somebody to understand yeah. because I just basically give them everything, right? Um, but also, <laughs> <laughs> I want to be able to take in from people too as well. Um, yeah, I think yeah, I'm yeah. horrible at that, so but that's good. Thanks for sharing that. Of course, man. Of course, man. So let me show love to Ken who's saying, I like what Saban said about a true entrepreneur casting the vision and need without bringing up money. So how have you mastered bringing up the money aspect later on without seeming shady? Saban, do you have any thoughts on this? Yes, I do. Um, I think um, as soon as you have laid the, the rules for what you're trying to solve, you already know the pain points, right? Yeah. Um, like, the, the last thing that you want to do or the most important thing that you want to do before you even share this idea with anyone who, because I've learned this after like we worked on God and multiple other projects, is that at the end of it, you want to think, okay, how do I charge people, right? Yeah. This service is going to mean so much to them. So I'm going to figure out some metrics. Your metrics uh, in terms of like how you want to charge somebody right now, actually, as I'm learning is that. I look at other people that are similar competitor or indirect competitors, seeing yeah. the pricing model, right? And then come up with a pricing model that you feel is genuine enough to be able to like present and be able to do the ask, which really complements the solution that you're trying to solve. If somebody mm -hmm. really said that you're charging ten, uh, $500 for this particular type of service and the competitors uh, charge about $1,000 or, or $600 or $800 or maybe even $500, um, and what sets you apart would be how you packaged it, right? Mm. Package our website right now. Everybody thinks it's like a twenty million dollar company. <laughs> I don't know who gave us the valuation, but <laughs> um, it is about packaging the solution that you have, and it, it definitely comes down to people who are going to test your your, your solution or the thing that you're building. So. Yeah. You can't just mention numbers without knowing the the pain the, points. It's gonna, it's, uh, your software is gonna create. If your software, if your product is created for free, then it is for free. But if you want it to be accessible for free first, then you add other incrementally amazing features to it. Yep. Then that's you can play around with the numbers and be able to say, yeah, this is how we are actually gonna. Because really coming up with the number is not that easy. You can come with different numbers to make sense, but it comes down to the impact that you create. Do people really like it yeah. yeah and is it creating value for them yeah can so i think you know people will pay for something that they value right and for you know software as a service if you're building a software as, as a service-based business you know it's a matter of creating incremental value by really understanding the customer's pain point so for us with guide we're focused on the enterprise but at the same time when we when we think about our business model you know we're focused on creators as well who are trying to do virtual training right so mm -hmm. one of the biggest things that can I want I encourage you to do and think about is like understand that market for whatever business that you're trying to build build for because there are certain things that differentiate a, a great business product packaging but more importantly this like obsession with the customer like do you actually know what they're going through so for us you know uh, we actually have a few kind of like a variety of different customer segments or customer profiles so we have the buyer who would be an hr person but we also have the actual creator who would be a corporate trainer or a public speaker who wants to you know get their message out there who wants to teach and is willing to pay for a tool that allows them to build their brand but more importantly do virtual training and you know maybe potentially offer courses but you yeah. as a product person or as a business leader or your entrepreneur in your own business you have to understand like who are we trying to actually reach 
and what are they willing to pay for? And, you know, for me, I actually have an affinity with the customer because I'm a creator and I'm a corporate trainer. So I actually know how to build a solution for them. But more importantly, because I've worked in the enterprise, I understand the pain points of HR leaders and things of that nature. So the more that your customer upset, obsessed, Kenna, the better you are about thinking, OK, this is what people are willing to pay for. Yeah. So, exactly. you know, so shout out to Winifred who's saying, I love using the three P's and five W's plus H and design thinking process to explain the product development cycle. Winifred, you are speaking to my heart. I'm big on the three P's, the five Y's, and more importantly, just thinking about design first instead of it as an afterthought. So shout out to you, Winifred. She is saying empathy is at the beginning of the problem solving cycle. Preach that into existence. That is so true. Rotimi right. is saying products and services are important. Creativity is also very important too. Creating or resolving a problem can make a different, a great difference to so many people across an industry. Hundred percent. You know what? Thank you so much, you all, for tuning in. Winifred, Otimi, Kana, you all are amazing. Jonathan, we truly appreciate you all. And you know, Taban, do you have any parting words for our amazing God community? Just be amazing. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> be amazing go build something right post covid like the future is yours be amazing go, yeah be amazing um whatever you do and uh, mm. whatever you're learning uh learning never stops so it's true it's true be obsessed with learning and more importantly make sure you check out cosmos innovation lab and check out guide <laughs> <laughs> We're iterating, we're building, but you do have, Tavon, you do have a website for Cosmos Innovation Lab, right? Where can they find the website? Oh, so I've just designed the website. We haven't released the website, but they can go and follow us on our um, on our LinkedIn uh, profile or page. Um, just follow us there, and then it will surprise you with a website that has all the information that you need to know. Um, we just have been, like, creating, you know, managing partners and, uh, and uh connecting with customers and all this kind of stuff. And now we found we found the need to have the website. It's crazy. Before, I would think of building the website first and then start talking about what I had. Or what yeah. I had. <laughs> but now the, 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 the table have turned. I've started talking about money, um, not the, time, the problem, and then I started talking about the money. And then they say, how do I read more about you? Yeah. Oh, oh, we now, need a website. Nobody need a website. So it's completely uh, what do you call 180 turn. So I love it. I love it, man. I'm excited to show you guys our websites very soon and our website very soon. So you guys can um, send us direct information or just like scroll through and read more. We'll probably do like blog posts on solutions that we solved or um, just things that we are very curious about or um, anything that is of people's interest. Awesome, man. So shout out to Winifred. Let's show some love to Winifred, who was going to get the last word today because she is tuned in. She says it was great to be watching us live, and she hopes that we give her a recording of this episode. She would like to hear more from Taban, and she says, keep on slaying, Tim. Thank you so much, Winifred, for the love. Now, for those of you who are interested in sponsoring or being a guest on the Unleashing the Future of Work live online podcast, a guy podcast by the way please check out our website utfow.com utfow.com and thank you so much for tuning in and thank you to bond my lovely co-founder for making time to be on this episode with me man i truly appreciate you with that said we appreciate you all for tuning in make sure you check out utfow.com if you want to be a guest or if you want to sponsor and peace love and 
I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Until later, guys. <laughs>